sexual social is like a star in the sky. So that's a, a fire that's far away. So sexual self-pres is a nearby fire that's melting me and my flesh, my flesh, my flesh, <laughs> and transforming me. I'm not making connections. I'm mm -hmm. using connections mm. to get what I want or to find that thing. How under your skin am I and vice versa? The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-pres, more than five wing, four or five eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pres, sexual, nine with one, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up, it's Emika, I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pres, with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy, I am a self-pres, social, three, wing four, with a six nine trifix if you like our podcast guys make sure you go like and subscribe on the apple podcast app and if you really like us you should definitely leave us a review how's it going y'all good beth is ready to go she's excited she has so much to say birds aren't real <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna dominate the podcast we won't say anything just go off yeah that i'm already dreading just being talked over by beth yeah, God. <laughs> well, no, because she's a woman, we actually won't let her speak. At yes, all. that's right. right. That's, that's what we do on this podcast. Yeah. We, we mansplain. Yeah. In fact, we just slap our dicks onto the table and just wave <laughs> that's them around. It. Yeah. <laughs> but for brief moments, we will give permission to the ladies to speak. But yeah. only, only permission is only given by men. Only. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to let this go. No, never. <laughs> it's just going to be an ongoing joke from now on. <laughs> All right, dicks on the tables, boys. <laughs> oh, hey, what are we doing? So I, we're doing uh, sexual social versus... Uh, I'm not social. asking you. We don't need you to mansplain it for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm elevating voices. Make some space. <laughs> <laughs> Safe space for Beth. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I apologize for my mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, well, you're still speaking, so it's an issue. <laughs> gotta shut up. Uh, Am I allowed to speak now? You are allowed to speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what we're doing today, Beth. Making me extremely uncomfortable. Oh, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Coming to you from an underground Enneagram bunker as we wage our war against the rest of the Enneagram world. <laughs> Today, we are returning uh, to do the Bhava Chakra journey, and we have a special guest. Beth, you want to say hello? Hi. I'm here against my will. Coercion. <laughs> I'm a sexual social six wing seven with two and nine fixes. Today, we wanted to talk about... Uh, sexual social versus sexual self-pres and my self-pres blind baby is here with us today she survived and made it on the call to talk about her experiences as a sexual type in contrast to our experiences as sexual types and of course david's going to be getting into his insights on the bhava chakra and um there's a lot of interesting angles beth has a lot of disagreements with the way we look at sexual don't you she's she's actually really angry right yeah she's really 
not happy with the way we talk about sexual. God damn it, Beth. <laughs> Before we dive in, uh, I wanted to plug. So for one thing, I want to plug, uh, you know, some of y'all have bought my book and, and are reading it, and I really appreciate it. And I, if, uh, if even if you haven't finished the book, um, if you could write a review on whatever place you bought it from. I know a lot of people said that they want to leave a review after they're finished, but people generally don't finish books. And so, um, you know, like, just please do it. Cause it really like even a small review helps a lot for a nobody author like myself, uh, you know, giving, uh, you know, someone's trying to look at what book to buy a lot of re like positive reviews can help a lot for me relative to like something like road back to you or wisdom and Enneagram that has like a ton of reviews. Um, I also want to plug uh, David's Trifix book. It's more like a guide, a visual guide to the Trifix. I read an intro for it, and uh, but it's it's a very cool, not like anything else out there. Look at the Trifix, and I don't know if you want to say anything else about it, David, or when it's coming out, or how to get it. You can get it now on the products page at enneagrammer.com. It's also available on my site. I want to just say too for people who didn't listen to the last episode. Uh, we've been looking at the Bhava Chakra. Uh, David uh, made an intuitive connection between a Buddhist, like a mandala kind of symbol of samsara, of the realm of illusion. And he intuitively realized that these were related to the instincts and the stacking. And there are three core uh, animals that represent different qualities that David has intuitively linked to the instincts. And then the six realms that stem from these three animals are called the three poisons. In Buddhism, um, the six realms are, you know, like there are animals, humans, uh, gods, demigods, um, hell, and hungry ghost realm. And he's linked these with the instincts. And what we talked about in the previous episode is the link between the instincts and the symbol. We talk about self-pres, sexual, self-pres, social. And we uh, talk about how they all represent different qualities of hell. Even the realm of the gods, realm of the humans, they're all representations of hell. And um, how the the Baba Chakra symbol and David's reading of it uh, really brings out a lot in the stackings that you like. It's kind of hard to put into cognitive language, but can really feel like the gestalt from. And uh, so it's very rich and it's yielded a lot of insight. So we're diving back into that shit. So the realm that correlates with sexual social is called devas, D-E-V-A-S, uh, and it means gods or goddesses, and that's at the top uh, center realm in all the depictions of the Baba Chakra, and then the one for sexual self-pres is called hungry ghosts, and like one is the, uh, I don't know, sort of more glorified, let's say, uh, obviously with the word gods, goddesses, uh, sexual, social, which Beth is. Um, and then poor John and Amica are sexual, self-pres, desperate, hungry ghosts. Let's thirsty see, ghosts. You know, thirsty. Extra thirsty. David, are the, uh, like, is the Deva's realm and the hungry ghost realm, like, in opposition to each other or anything like that? Like, on the visual symbol? They're not. What's the opposite to the god's realm is straight down is hell so you got mm. god gods and then hell straight down so that's kind of a polarity there is how what, that works so what's the sexual self-pres polarity uh let's see you know 
I don't necessarily work it that way, but if, yeah, if I was just were, curious. The, yeah, the way it's typically set up, it is actually you and Alexandra. It's oh, sexual cool. self-pres versus social self-pres. Interesting. And it's kind of interesting to look at that. You know, if if I did work do a workup on that as a polarity, because the social self-pres, it's sort of the moralist. It's like warring with the gods for what is the right ideology and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like what's the energy in heaven? Yeah. It's and it's interesting because there's a war between social self-pres and sexual social. And I don't know how I'm going to correlate it to this whole conversation we're having here, but it's kind of like it's <clears throat> social self-pres. That's the social justice warrior. It's like warring for you always see like swords and spears or whatever in that in the depictions of that realm mm -hmm. and they're fighting for what is the right ideology mm -hmm. uh that everyone should be following in order to better the world and and so in some sense they're arguing for what the gods should be yes like gods is like even as myths is like the animating forms of the social realm like the life force behind the social realm you know like like your yes. gods dictate your culture exactly and then the gods realm deva's realm the gods just are whatever they are they're not um i mean in the depictions they're living a life of comfort and ease and glory and shine and resplendence and so forth and there's a quality of about them that's like star-like you know star mm -hmm. in multiple senses of mm -hmm. you know like how we deify the stars and make them into the astrological symbols or god is above and there's a shine but there's also <clears throat> in the aesthetic of you know like we talked about collage and so forth in the aesthetic of sexual social there's sometimes a shine or a sort of elegance uh of beauty that's like that's either kind of floral or like a rose or swan like it's graceful and beautiful yeah so again it's sort of the it's sexual instinct the the glorified iteration of sexual and then you can take that idea and go to sort of like a cosmological concept that sexual energy is the life force mm -hmm. that that populates the universe and produces you know all the many forms mm -hmm. and in my overlaps schema the other thing we brought up in that last call um where i put the stackings onto the enneagram symbol mm -hmm. it correlates with type two so if you do type two as the archetypal mother you can think of sexual social as you know the the universal sort of feminine field that from which all creation comes from or something mm -hmm. like that mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so so i was thinking uh because i want to get into why those images maybe come like because i don't understand sexual social as well as sexual self-prize uh i was curious about like well, I, what I was, I was thinking is Alexandra posted that thing about the um, how the middle instinct changes or transforms something about the dominant instinct. And I thought that might be an interesting way for at least for me to start the contrast between the two sexual stackings. Yep. That's great. 
yeah. because you know like one thing that's become very clear in our relationship uh is as a sexual like so this is alexandra's post she made this in the enneagram universe group and she said that um i explained my observations on how the middle playground quote playground instinct is often the active energy that is brought into the realm of the dominant instinct sexual middles meaning self-pressed sexual and uh social sexual uh sexualize their dominant instinct social middles personalize and humanize their dominant instinct self-pres middles bring structure and longevity to their dominant instinct and so we were just talking about social pres bring structure and longevity to personality and connection but for sexual self-pres my stacking brings structure and longevity to sexuality and chemistry and one of the ways that this really shows up in our dynamic or in, my, in me and my personality is like i'm like working on my body i'm like do you like my dick do you you know do you like my flesh like is it is the attraction going to be sustained here in a like a there's like a a practical way like oh you do like my dancing do you like the things i do oh i wrote a book do you like that Do you like my art you know it's like this there's a concreteness in a way to what i'm hoping hooks yeah and so what alexander wrote for sexual social is um Sexual social humanizes and personalizes sexuality and chemistry. And I think I understand that. But I was curious, David and or Beth, what your thoughts were. So one thing I just want to say real quick is on that is with sexual, social, and social humanizing sexual, in some sense, it's making it like um, more... Uh, universal, whereas sexual self-pres is much more of a specific individual mm -hmm. signature. Mm -hmm. So sexual social <clears throat> has this wider span to it, this more sort of universal um, attractiveness, let's say. And that's the way that it's humanized, is that it's universal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, one thing too about like my stacking in, is like how much you know we've talked about social blinds objectifying themselves, and it's like I really, as a sexual self prize, really just I don't even see myself as human, <laughs> and I'm realizing how how that unfolds in in actuality in ways I didn't see before. So, uh, Beth, I want to hear your thoughts about like sexual attraction and sexual display, and you know, just your experience of being a sexual type. Yeah, I think um, Alexandra is right on with that assessment because we were discussing it earlier and I was saying how as a sexual type, there's always in the back of my head that whatever I'm displaying or doing, it has to be palatable to everyone that's seeing it. Um, it just doesn't feel as grounded and heavy as like what Emika is bringing. And like something that we've discussed is that um, each of the stackings like sexual self-pres has self-pres social in its back pocket so there's that craftsman thing that we talked about last week mm. where i need to craft my display or it's gonna mm. it's mm. gonna be um embodied in some kind of either act or some kind of object or skill whereas um with sexual social i've had besides beth a couple attachment and hex had sexual social types who seem to emphasize this sort of social self-pres in their back pocket where their place or their connections, not even necessarily as invested as a social type is, but it's a play zone and it's part of their sexual display, like the kind of attention or 
charm or charisma that they might have. Um, like it's a difference between like a sexual self press type showing up at a bar and just laser focused on whoever um, the target might be and sexual social might still be doing that, but the backdrop is like the social sphere. And so there's more, much more of a awareness of the attention of the, you know, like the, the crowd, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I feel like my display is much more, um, people like it's more of an uh-huh. emphasis on my personality versus you know say what you and john do and there's something about like attachment there too like the needs of an attachment type a sexual attachment type versus a sexual headset type so which adds another level of peopleness um the she talks a lot about we've mentioned or we've discussed this need to be liked um, not necessarily to be close to people but just to have the option that in general, people like me. And so, you know, that attachment to disconnecting that we were talking about last week, where, you know, just she's experiencing a lot of discomfort being on the podcast. And I asked her why. And she's, she said, it's, it's having a statement or something she says be recorded, and it's honest and truly representing her. It really fucks with her attachment thing of being like, I don't want to be located in like a specific spot. Whereas, cause that kind of fucks with that thing where people just like me in general. Yeah. So yes. what's the difference then between like a social dominant and this sort of needing my display or energy to be liked? Um, I, one thing I noticed between social types and myself is I don't really the, the end game isn't necessarily to have a relationship with someone. I have a lot of acquaintances, but I really can't name anybody that I'm, you know, actually close to in a friendship way. So I think there's a definite difference in the goal. You know, like one of the things that is interesting about David's uh, Bava Chakra connection is like the sin flow versus the contra flow. And people have been trying to understand that shit for, <laughs> for years and years. So this thing about the contra flow stacking self-press sexual social self-press and um sexual social just having distance and you can see that in the aesthetics and i didn't really buy it until i'd had some experiences with you know people of contra stackings feeling like they're distant like social self-press they can know a lot of people but they don't necessarily feel like they have that level of closeness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they desire and i've noticed in comparison to uh, myself and people who are sexual self-press, sexual social types, they can know people, but they're not really close to uh, those people. They're more like acquaintances, but those those acquaintances kind of like are the play zone for their kind of formless sexual display personality thing. And um, it's it's interesting that as a social blind that I can, it seems that the connections I do have seem a lot closer than what I've noticed with people who are sexual social. Yeah. And um, there's not like a long-term um, like staying in the social. I think it's just more of like sexual coming through that. So it needs to be able to uh, be received well by everyone, but there's not necessarily a follow through to keep that in my, in like long-term, like a, like a real thing, I guess. So like you, you spoke to like an end game. Can you like, how do you experience or describe like your instinctual end game? Mm, that's a good question. Um, 
temporary attractions? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really selfish. Um, yeah, just temporary, you know, getting my own hit from how other people respond and I'm not necessarily going to like invite them to lunch or hang out with them later. Tell me about mm-hmm. what happens at work. Like people get upset. Yeah. Okay. So one thing about myself is like, if I know everybody that's present, I am really comfortable. I don't have this type of anxiety. I know what the limits are and how far I can push. So like for at work, for example, I get to know people and I know how, what I can do to not turn anyone off. And so I'm always on get it, you know, amped up. Everybody's excited. And I have a way of giving like uh, caring attention to people. If I do go to work though, and I'm not in that place, it's almost like people are mad at me. Like they're wanting that, like expecting that. So yeah, that's one thing I wanted to, to bring up that I've learned from conversations with Beth is just understanding, you know, what is sexual apart from this need to be interesting? Like she mentioned how she felt that the way that we frame sexual is heavily influenced by or flavored by us having four fix or or having hexad or, you know, having self-press second. And for, I, I wanted to get at like, you know, what is at the root of sexual when you have, you know, attachment and when you have like, for example, two and nine in the mix. And for her, it's just like, there's a quality of energy and attention that she can give that's very magnetic. And it's sort of like, she's getting off on the chemistry that she's generating because of the kind of caring attention that she's giving to people. And um, she likes a lot of these uh, service oriented jobs where it's kind of like touch and go, like a new person comes in and you can kind of give them that energy hit and they feel good. So it's a different sort of display, especially with sex without self-present and mix. It's much more interaction based, the the way that she hooks people. It also I, it feels I will, thank you. It feels um, <laughs> <laughs> it feels amazing. yeah, I will. Yeah. So Beth's energy feels a lot or uh, I guess sexual focus feels a lot more like segmented than y'all's Mm y'all's feels like your entire personality is that one whereas Mm -hmm. beth feels a bit more um i guess uh, maybe it's the attachment that i'm feeling but a bit more like segmented so just what what do do you mean what do you mean segmented i I don't really follow um uh, i guess what i'm not like not saturated into the whole yeah thing. yeah not saturated that's a good that's a, yeah like it's not like her um it's not the entire persona it's almost like you can mm-hmm. best you can like turn it on and off whereas i feel like you and emika are just that like you are sexual that's it mm, that's no offense a good way to put that. Yeah. yeah one yeah. thing i was going to say is um and it relates back to the Baba Chakra and the gods goddesses thing is kind of what you're describing there about what happens at work, Beth, and sort of people being whatever you said, they're not happy that you weren't that when you're not there or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like sexual instinct as a blessing, oddly Mm -hmm. enough. You see what I mean? It's like wanting to sort of touch and have that, um whatever that magic or charm is and have it sort of bless the energy in the room or something like that and then it can yeah 
No, I was going to say that's really what it feels like because for me, it's from coming from in the self and then being dispersed through social. And then I Uh notice um, with Emika, it's coming from the self and then getting grounded even further in the Mm. self with self press. Interesting. Or the the object of attraction. Yeah. So it's it's you know my experience with sexual self press types versus sexual social is that it does feel way more intense coming you know being targeted by sexual self press. Like there's nothing else in the entire universe. It's like you and that's it where um sexual yeah, it's social, a little intense yeah with sexual social yep. it's it's not as uh laser focused and there's more room to breathe if that makes sense yeah well there's more like air kind mm-hmm. of kind of like the um collage exercise there's just more air right uh-huh. well and it's dampened down by social i feel it's dispersed. i mean there's, yeah yeah which makes it more more appealing to more people where i feel like with yep. uh be, beyond just being a hexad sexual self-prez is singing a very specific song that maybe like 10 percent of the room is going to even recognize and they're really really singing it loud and sexual social is still singing a song but the song is like blown up to some kind of universal archetype that maybe half the room can at least hear and <laughs> you know feel like they can get behind because it's pulling on more of the you know, like the contextual stuff that people can grab onto. Whereas if you're with sexual self-presence, if you're not into it, you're not into it. And you probably really turned off and repulsed. Well, and that also could be heightened by uh, Beth being a six, you know, oh, that yeah. kind of archetype ability to be an archetype. That's, that's, I feel like very six-ish. Well, yeah. And it's hard for me to flesh out between what, if it's six influence or the social influence, but mm-hmm. for me, like, oh, you need me to change my sexual display? Okay. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't imagine Emika or John ever having that sort of feeling. Yep. Yeah. Not really an option. It's just, this is- <laughs> I think they would turn yeah. into bats and fly away. What she sees, what she gets. <laughs> so it, like, I would imagine a lot of people who might be like social dominant might hear this and go, oh, I might be sexual social. So I want to hit it like exactly like what the agenda of sexual social is. That's like a very strong and distinct contrast from somebody that's social sexual, for example, Mm -hmm. that especially if they don't know like the lingo and the kind of uh, uh, archetypes that we talk about, like in Enneagram universe, like that doesn't have that kind of palette to draw from uh, who's just, just listens to us. uh, Like how, like, yeah. Like what's like a real, like I want to, I like to draw sharp distinctions. So like, mm-hmm. like what, what decidedly makes sexual social a sexual type? I'll try to describe Beth from my perspective and then maybe I'll give you some yeah. triggers. What makes Beth the sexual type in my experience of her is that the sexual is still a penetrating, provoking energy. So, which is interesting to observe giving that she's a six with nine and two fixes so there's this need to really be liked and just have people kind of just um feel comfortable with her but there still is a penetrating energy that she is leading with and i noticed that she generally and on first impression gets strong reactions from people i think every sexual type on some level can 
relate to that. They they're that energy is penetrating and it's looking to provoke provoke something. It's it's happening unconsciously all the time. So Beth leads with this really nice on the surface um, sort of vibe, but her energy is kind of really um, penetrating. And even though she's she's fun and she's nice, she's inadvertently saying things and doing things that uh, will stir something up. And uh, so, yeah, you're either going to be pulled in or, which most people are, but I, I do notice that sometimes people are provoked and like, they don't immediately don't like her. So it's like this thing of you're immediately either into this or you're not, it's still happening. Mm -hmm. And so, so where does like sex and sexuality, like how does that, is like, the, is it like a spider's web to try to get you in the center to like suck your blood out or something? Like, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's still sexual suck, <laughs> France, right there. <laughs> yeah, where, where does sexuality fit into this for you? Well, that's a good question. Um, how do I? You can sort of frame it like, you know, uh, back when you were single or, yeah, when girls' night out. I've never been single. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like girls night out like where is your attention go compared to most other people well yeah we were discussing that earlier so like um one thing i've struggled with um even if i do find friends and a friend group they want to go have drinks and my first question is where because are there going to be hot people there because if there's not i'm really not interested um there's been plenty of times we've went out i've went out with friends and ignore them the entire night because there's someone there that I'm interested in. So the goal isn't really to build bonds with people or have like long connections with people, uh, long-term connections with people. Like I was saying, it's really selfish. It's to get my own needs met, you know. Isn't part of it uh, one way to contrast the two sexual stackings is like sexual social is more about the attraction and sexual self-pres is the attraction and the consummation? Yes, I said that earlier. <laughs> I actually told Emika, like, <clears throat> I feel like I feel far more intimate with him when we're gooey and talking about each other and, you know, more in a social realm of, like, comforting and connection. And I think he feels that through actual sex. So what she said is that she actually feels closer to me uh, when we're interacting versus when we're fucking. <laughs> and I so said, did you just die inside? What? And I said, how dare you insult me like this on this podcast? <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's that's an interesting difference. Uh, that's from my experiences yeah. with um, sexual social types is that self-breast blind thing of almost forgetting that there is a body yeah. and we're we're gonna the fucking is gonna I mean they're still like turned on by the sexuality and being wanted but the actual doing it is less of a priority than it is for self a sexual self press where it's like I can feel like oh we didn't if she didn't actually fuck me or want to fuck me not just wanting to fuck me I'm wanting to fuck me is still a drug but at some point that needs to happen because the act itself is a way to you know really get your hooks in and you know really get off and that's important but i've noticed that for sexual social it's it's being wanted sexually wanted but almost everything up until actually doing it they still want to but it's not as high of a priority as it is um like the body the, the physical act of 
you know, is the consummation is not as high as the priority it is for sex. And I think another one is that it's like sexual social, I think it's on my website, but it's like the public sexual mating dance is sexual mm-hmm. social, whereas sexual self-pres is the private mating dance and the consummation, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, you know, so we all went dancing together, right? And so in something like that, like going out dancing, like, is that kind of what you're like the, the spark, spark of dancing? Is that like kind of what you're like, you said something about getting your needs met or something like that. Or maybe that was, maybe that was Emika asking you, but I was curious, like, where's, yeah, yeah, where's like the nut? (laughs) I didn't mean it like that, but I also mean it like that, I guess. Where is the nut? Where are you getting your nut at? (laughs) On Emika's face. So anyway, <laughs> hey. I like that. <laughs> Just right before this call, that happens. <laughs> Good. Um, I don't know. I think the nut is the attention. Like, how into yeah. someone are they? How how into what I'm doing is someone? You know. Beth is a lot more peopley than I am, so like, it's not just I could you know, be a one-man party at the apartment, but there's something about, we need to go out and we need to be around people and that sort of backdrop of people seeing us and us being into mm-hmm. each other is, I think, that social, I'm sure you're experiencing that with Alexandra, of just being out around people um, is is more, is important with social in the stacking. Yeah, it's interesting because it's, I mean, it's there, but I also, I mean, maybe it's her just being a nine, but like we could just like just be in a cave forever and, mm-hmm. and that could really just work. So, but I see that, I see some of that, like when we were all together last, like the way you two were dancing and kind of like, there is a, a, a Beth and Emika show, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, like dancing and like, you know, going all over the room, you know, this kind of a thing. And is that what you, what you sort of, uh, is that it, Beth? Is that like the energy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's important to me that people see us. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't live in just a cave with him. <laughs> yes. This is, she gets me out very often. It's like, where do you, what do you do out? Well, you know, one thing that we discussed is like, I told her, I told her, like, you know, going out to bars, like, what happens? I mean, both of us get attention, but um, she's like, I, she said that it would actually be fun and interesting if she would could watch other people be interested in me not necessarily mm. like anything's going to happen but just that whole kind of sex in the air yeah thing sex of, in the air, that's you, know, good. you know that's like i don't for me it's like when i go out it's uh there's much more of a target like you know if i go into a room but for her it's just being around people and having that sort of attraction potential in the air is something that she is interested in or she she would like as a backdrop yeah because when we go out i'm not like approaching other people and trying to have conversations i mean as far as other people go it's just are they watching us like that's my extent <laughs> yep. of them on my radar <laughs> so it's, it still seems like a magnetism thing yeah, yeah. that that just definitely different. is like that's very social flavored with sexual that's right. mm-hmm. that's really interesting oh. So yeah, how that's how would you then contrast social sexual with sexual social? Because mm-hmm. one of the things that kind of I think I react to that stacking like just instinctually, like social sexual gets on my nerves because 
it's like a, a hummingbird going to different flowers and never really landing anywhere, you know? And I find that social sexuals are like down to fuck a lot of different kinds of people, you know, like. Do you I'm mean like, like sexual socials? I no, mean, no, social sexuals. Yeah, they're kind of. Funny. Yeah, very, yeah, the like the sexual play zone for them, I find somewhat like grotesque, you know, because not to say all sex, social sexuals are like this, but, you know, like my sexual type religion is in sex. And then I will see who they will f- want to pursue sexuality with. And I'm not saying everybody, but some people. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, because I'll be honest with you. Um, my sister is social sexual. We might have the same vibe, but I'm not going to end up going home with the people that I'm like fucking around with in the bar. Um, for me, it gets really intense at that point, and then I'm just going to go home. Because sexual yeah. for a sexual yeah. type is much more tied to the your identity, and a lot of your type fears are going to be um, tied up in the sexual instinct. So there's not you can play around a little bit, but at some point, this is serious and you know, if you're actually hooked by someone and into them, it's like now you have a lot more at stake. So, you know, I noticed that sexual second social sexuals can really um, play around a lot more with sexual before they really have much at stake. And uh, it doesn't, it seems, I, I, you know, sexual socials, I've seen some slutty sexual social types, mm-hmm. still more butterfly than sexual self pres but at some point, the sexual instinct fears get triggered and it becomes really serious. And so you then they get hooked on that one person and that's all they're talking about for six months or a year. There's also something that comes up in the aesthetics too, and this is maybe subtle, but um, with sexual social in terms of look or, you know, um, their aesthetic, it sort of risks... Um, it borderline risks ostracization um, because it's so serious about attracting. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really deadly serious look sometimes. And by look, I mean, you know, again, like aesthetics or um, it could even be demeanor, but it doesn't have it, like, it's not just kind of teasing and playing like social sexual is it's, it's got this, um, ultimately kind of a, a lasering quality. So from my outside point of view, social dominant sexual second, whether they are actually sexual with other people or not, uh, you know, it seems like the end goal is connection. It seems like the end goal is re- like mm-hmm. something relational, even if it's like what, in my view, it seemed like a shallow or fleeting connection. It's like to, to sample something, to sample right. flavor. So how would you contrast that with sexual social? Um, I think for me, all the years that I've um, been doing this thing, the ultimate goal was to find that one person, you know, the, that one person. Um, things have changed for me now that I've met Emika because I have that person. So now I've noticed it's changed a little bit. Like now the display is more like I want him with me um, where before, you know, even being in long-term relationships that I deep down knew weren't that person it was like there was still that ultimate goal of finding them Mm. like I don't I don't I think it's a strange thing about sexual social because even though they're on display I really don't feel like their um end game is to hook up with everybody it's you know trying to find that one I guess what I'm trying to like land on is like how how would somebody distinguish between the two stackings that had not 
that wasn't about like sexual partners or numbers, you know, like, like, I don't want to make social sexual seem like the slutty sexual social yeah. or something. Yeah, I would say that, you know, OD's been on here, he's a social sexual six. And so what would I say is happening in contrast? So it, he had this sort of um, cross plot pollinating is what I, I would call it, where he had this connection over here. And with social sexual, it's like the option of having any friendship which it always seems like it starts out as a friendship can always slip into something sexual. So mm. OD had, you know, back when, you know, at the height of our fuckboy days was had like all these friendships that were sexual and like got along. And it always seemed to me like the, the sexual heat was kept at bay and, and the social connection, like we get along, we have certain interests and we have this connection, but we also fuck. Like the option of fucking your friends is always on the table. Like the, the social sexual fantasy is that you're, you have all these friends and you're all fucking. And, and so it just, it feels completely different than sexual social where it's like, um, there's still that, you know, both sexual types or sexual self-present, sexual social are still looking for the one. It's just how they're going about it is different, but the end goal is the same. It feels more like a, I don't know, like a hunter, huntery. Mm -hmm. Like I was trying yeah. to think of like an like Johnny said, um, like a hummingbird for social and sexual. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like I, I was trying to think of an animal to relate it to, but I can't. But it just feels more like a prowl. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. David did refer to the swan, yes. and I know that like they get. I don't know if they actually mate for life or they mate for a season, but I think they mate for life. If I'm okay. correct. Because that's that could be an interesting contrast animal. If you look at the swan mating dance, it's 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 almost like uh, a Spanish tango, where there's that deadly serious kind of quality to it, mm -hmm. um, which which again, you know, to contrast sexual social versus social sexual, social sexual is just so much more kind of playful and teasing kind of. Whereas, again, sexual social can just slip into this uh, much more kind of lasered quality. Yeah. But honestly, I, swans are scarier than hummingbirds. Like, <laughs> Right. And I think that social sexual can overestimate how serious they are. You know, like, because I think everybody has like a self, not everybody, but a lot of people have sure. a self image of looking mm. for the one. But, you know, it feels like. <sighs> Social sexual is like looking for the one, but they can they can have sample a lot of uh, hors d'oeuvres on the meat, you know, while yeah, they're waiting yeah. for the main course. And I don't just mean like in terms of literally fucking, but just there is this sort of curiosity to want to engage lots of different energies that could slip into an explicitly sexual or just like a like a, like I always feel like you know as is, as my own stacking that like a, a real like capital R sexual encounter like changes you, you know. There's that sexual self-present transformative thing going on and i'm always like stunned at looking at my social sexuals when i'm like don't you feel like you just like mixed yourself with that thing that that energy that person like why would you want to like why would you be casual about how you transform you know is yeah, yeah. and it seems like sexual social there is like a much you know instead of it like laser focus there's like undulating or like like sending out a like a a wave through the air 
a sexual wave to the air, but it's not going to, uh, it's not actually going to mix with that many energies. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good way to say it. Yeah. It feels like, like I have like this like air flower image in my head, but I can't, I don't know how to bring that elsewhere. That's good. The analogy I was thinking of is uh, there's actually a sexual, social, I believe seven or three performer singer that I knew of in Chicago. And it just felt like what she was doing was just so in line with her instinct stacking and her type and sexual social to me, um, in contrast to sexual self-pres, it's like, okay, let's say I'm the sexual self-pres. I don't, I, I don't leave the house unless I'm like look on the prowl. Right. And I'm in the corner somewhere hoping to catch something. Whereas the sexual social is up on stage and she's like, you know, magnetic for the whole room. And after she's done her right. singing performance, she's like, you know, she'll go and maybe there's one guy or a, that she was really targeting all that for and ho- hoping that that's the, she could get that person's attention. And that's who she beelines for. But the way, the way that her approach to it all was much more like elevated and like reaching the entire room, whereas I'm like laser targeted in one little location. And, you know, if you're into it, you're into it. So it's just a little bit more limited. It's more yeah. private. Yeah, more private. And sexual social has like a larger um, blast range. <laughs> yeah. So I guess one distinction you can make with sexual social and social sexual is social sexual are really making connections. I'm not making connections. I'm mm-hmm. using connections mm-hmm. to get what I want or to find that thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like, and I think this is a product of my stacking with this self-pres there, but like, you know, I'm really into bodies and very specific about bodies, like to, to continue to humiliate and embarrass my social type. Uh, you know, I, we have, I, I like to put uh, shea butter all over Alexander's body. <laughs> <laughs> we call it buttering my fruits, you know, like I, I, butter, <laughs> I butter her fruits. Oh my God. And I love it. Like, you know, and it's like, I get really into her body and her smell and the quality of her skin and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm wondering, you know, and that's like such a, like a, a, like a sacred special, like, you know, um, it really feels like becoming one body, you know, it feels like becoming oneself, like the kind of level of, of like, I guess I'm, I'm putting this together as I'm saying it, but like, like physical intimacy, uh, like sharing body and like being willing to like take in and incorporate what I feel like is you know potentially like 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 physically gross with with somebody else but like wanting that you know that infusion and so uh, and I see this very much my stacking so I'm wondering like what is the kind of like uh what what might be some sort of equivalent if there is such a thing for the sexual social like what's the where's where do you butter Emika's fruits in the dark so that i can forget about body parts (laughs) i think the the well i don't know how much this is true for you john as a hard type um because she was trying to make the contrast between like the physical stuff which is important but for her not as important as the communicating our love Mm. and and you know yeah what do you have to say about that Mm. Yeah, I mean, physical is important, but being um, self-pressed blind, I guess I don't have really 
like a focus on the body as much as I have on uh, like our connection, like how under your skin am I and vice versa? Like, so for me, I feel more intimate with him when we're discussing how we met or how we feel about each other. Um, you know, really that arena versus self-pres. I mean, although I need that too, Mm -hmm. it's just not as high on priorities list as say you two. So say that I don't her as well as I'm just <laughs> so one of, one of the things one of the things with alexander and i like being her being social dominant and me being so social blind is like i'll be like kind of all up in her zone and mm-hmm. she needs to like that i'll like i need to like tell her things you know like to be like i love you like i appreciate our connection you know like yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to do it like as a joke, like in a kind of a mechanical way, because it is like sort of uh, forced for me. Like sometimes instead of just like going up and squeezing her body, she'll be like, can you kiss my face? You know, like, <laughs> so uh, like, what is it for you guys? Like, like, how do y'all um, like, is there, is there a way that like Emma has to make extra efforts, like communicate and especially being, you know, double rejection boy, like, <laughs> how does that work? I mean, for me, actions speak louder than words. Uh, So I have to, I have to talk more and communicate how I feel about her more. I mean, she will go there. um, And so I've definitely have to emphasize how I feel about her more than I normally would. Like Mm -hmm. for me, it's really not um, a go-to thing to talk about how I feel in general. And that's mm-hmm. something that she really needs. So she hasn't gotten to the point of demanding it yet, but I think you do a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. She I do do a good pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I was wondering then if we could maybe look at the Baba Chakra and like uh how these stackings make sense in relation to these realms of hungry ghosts and devas. Let's see. Um, well, didn't we already do that? <laughs> We taught we like kind of mentioned something with sexual social, but like we didn't talk about hungry ghosts and, mm. and how that relates to sexual self prize. And like, like my my curiosity would be why does it make sense that like these seem like vastly different realms yet they're both sexual type? Well, so like one way I'd say it is that the sexual self prize hungry ghost realm is kind of like that drug addiction aspect of the sexual instinct. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's mm-hmm. it's the it's that that quality of desperation, you know, to be wanted and to be wanting, and it has the in the hungry this that hungry ghost realm, it's never satisfied, and so that kind of correlates to that um, kind of endless quality of I don't know libidinal energy. That it's always mm-hmm. going to be um, thirsting, and it's and those beings, those hungry ghosts, as you described, you know they. Well, for one thing, it's it's the it's the uh, quality of being hungry, but being a ghost. If you're a ghost, you're not a physical entity, but you're hungering for physical something, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's no so it's an absolute impossibility it's a a rather extreme absolute of not 
being satisfied, but still nonetheless. So it's got that, it's kind of like a frustration quality mm-hmm. as opposed to the sexual social realm, the realm of devas, gods, goddesses. It's again, it's, it's the attraction side. It's the, the display and the, you know, look at the peacock feathers and, you know, be attracted. And it's, it's more sort of the glory side of the sexual instincts, that kind of the fruition, it's got that flower quality. So like the, like, like, is it like this cheesy phrase of like delighting in pleasure kind of aspect of it? Delighting in pleasure. Yeah. Um, but it's not hellish, right? Like that, like sexual self-pres has that hellish mm-hmm. quality of, um, of being earthy and hungry and thirsty in a sort of messy way, as opposed to the sexual social realm. Uh, Deva's is, um, again, it's, it's sort of un, unbesmirched by earth mm-hmm. and the earth element. So on the Bhava Chakra is uh, sexual self-pres, how close is it to the self, self-pres social realm and how close is social self-pres to the sexual social realm? Are they close to each other in any way? Yeah, so uh, it is significant. The three realms that correlate to the three stackings that are be- that are in the lower, the nether world that are at the, that are below the, the horizontal center line. Um, so there's hell is the middle one. And then on one side, typically on the right side is the self-pres social animals realm. And then on the left side is the sexual self-pres hungry ghosts. So those two animals also called beasts, I mean, that's why I think, well, because the symbol is universal in a lot of contexts, that's why you have this kind of idea, like even in horror films of some kind of hellish beast mm-hmm. or hellish animal. Um, but yeah, so those two self-pres social and sexual self-pres then are straddling hell and they're, they're both in the nether world. And then uh typically social self-pres is uh the upper is on the right and and the one that's for social sexual is on the upper left so it's kind of interesting that the two social dominants are the right and the left and that's the you know i correlate um social with air and sunlight and so those two are out in the sunlight above that uh, hypothetical uh, horizon line that cuts across uh, the Bhava Chakra symbol, and then sexual social is again in the middle. So, so in a in a sort of star position, and there's a lot around star imagery, and and um, and that sort of attraction of stars and gods and so forth. Go ahead. So yeah, that's that's interesting because to make the distinction between sexual self pres and sexual social like so sexual social on the baba chakra has two social types flanking it and it's up in the sky and so it's like it's flying and it's high up so if you look at the collages that people are making sexual social has got this you know hook but it's not grounded 
it's so to the point that it's become a yeah. symbol, like a, a universal symbol that's magnetic. Whereas sexual self-prez, a lot of times it has enough, you know, self-prez meat and texture and uh, focus on the environment and objects that people don't might mistake it for um, some other self-prez type because it is grounded. And so that's, that's the big thing, uh, the big contrast that I see between um, myself and Beth in terms of our sexual display is that self-prez blind thing which you know puts her makes her ungrounded really grounding in people and interactions whereas i can just be grounded in myself and you know the things that i'm working on she is grounded in the way that she connects with people even though that's not the aim sexual self-pres means feels more sustainable to me than sexual social so we haven't talked about it a lot in this series but there's the classical elements that I associate with the instincts and with social, it's air, self-pres, it's earth, and sexual is both fire and water. So if you look at the two sexual stackings relative to the bhava chakra and relative to, let's say, fire, um, again, sexual social is like a star in the sky. So that's a, a fire that's far away. So sexual self-pres is a nearby fire that's melting me and my flesh my fresh my flesh <laughs> and uh and transforming me right like john you mentioned that sort of transformative mm -hmm. thing of of your stacking it's mm -hmm. like it's melting me like self me myself pres my body i'm changing because of the sexual right. object yeah so beth is is a sexual social is it like personalities are beautiful? Yeah, individual people are. I don't necessarily like, like Emma had mentioned earlier, um, it's kind of like everybody has something that's beautiful about them, but I don't necessarily want to stay with just this one person. It's like I, I do get off on getting to know people um, in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. What I'm trying to. Yeah, I think, I think what we were talking about was that um, every sexual type is focused or overemphasizing the part of everything and everyone that is magnetic and that has some heat and sizzle. And people who are sexual blind have those qualities, but they're just not seeing it in themselves. And so we, referencing, you know, John talking about how Alexandra is so specific and she's so interesting and so magnetic and she's not seeing that in her, herself. And so as a sexual social she's i think over emphasizing the parts of people's personalities and her personality that's magnetic and so there's this thing of you know getting off on that interplay and that chemistry or that energy that she's able to bring to an interaction whereas with sexual so uh, sexual self-prez um that's still there but i think we're emphasizing more of the hook of i have this thing that's going to hook you and maybe it's this thing that i'm doing like this dance or the way that I'm fucking or, um, you know, there's more, Art. more of a, um, a appetite attached to it because it's more grounded on physical reality. Whereas sexual social seems much more about um, the magnetic magneticism of, of personality as a, a, as a hook. So I have a question for you, Beth. Um, 
us talking about how sexual self-price is more grounded and you saying it's more sustainable. So do you reach a point where you feel like you have to turn it off, if that makes sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Um, no, because I really enjoy that part of connecting with people. And when Emika was just describing that, it did dawn on me that a lot of times um, one thing that I feel like I'm good at is let is getting people to see the things about themselves. It kind of inspires them to see things about themselves, maybe that they didn't see. Um, I could live in that space the rest of my life and be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, there are times though, that I feel like people expect that for me all the time. And I, it's just not, sometimes I can't, maybe it's because that specific person isn't interesting to me anymore or whatever it they've lost be, their but, magnetism yeah okay because in order for me to do that for someone there has to be something about them that I find interesting too sure okay that makes sense Emika do you find personalities beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think that's definitely happening I think without social I can maybe not have the language to explain what's happening I think that um, I'm definitely reacting to people's personalities as either um, hooking me or repulsing me. And I think what I've noticed with sexual social types is that they have more social hooks to, or social ways that they might be discriminating on a social level than, than I would. And um, so it's like, I'm not aware that I am, I, I am factoring people's personalities as much in terms mm. of what I'm turned on by, but I'm definitely become more aware of that over the last couple of years where it's like, mm. I don't know why it is that I'm just immediately repulsed by this person. But it, the more I think about it, it's like, okay, they're exhibiting these traits or, you know, these personality traits. Maybe it's just the sound of their voice. I don't know. So mm. now, now, of course, that's just, that's still coming back to self-pres where it's like the physical experience of them is turning me off. But I think um, there's something much, much more interaction-based coming from the sexual social types that I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, people's character and personality is like huge for me, but mm -hmm. I think I don't find many people's character or personality interesting at all. You know, like anything that I'd even want to go near, <laughs> you know, at all <laughs> in any way. Um, but obviously you say that I don't I don't mean to interrupt, but I was telling him how like we're doing the same thing, just at different angles. Like you're already narrowed down mm -hmm. and then going out. For me, I'm out mm. and then narrowing down. So to me, it's like everybody is special. Everybody has good character or a good personality until they don't. Mm. Where you're already starting from the place of they just don't. I've, I've, yeah. I'm starting from a no and then going like, oh, yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah, that's an attachment shit. I, that's yeah, I was going to say that's attachment. Yeah, just to, to contrast sexual attachment versus sexual hexad. There's a lot more. She's starting from a yes, and the no comes at a surprise. Whereas, but I feel like that applies to the instinct stackings as well. Mm -hmm. It's also that what you guys are saying is that with sexual social, you're giving the social realm a chance, you know, yeah. and staying open to find, you know, where it could meet and match. Whereas when with sexual self-pres, you're just kind of already, um, what is it, uh, cynical, let's say, about right. the likelihood of finding yes. the special connection or whatever, or interestingness yeah, or character. Day, I would say that both myself or and like in John, in this situation, find the same amount of people 
at the end uh interesting or actually right you know mm-hmm. yeah like you know that thing we talked about um a couple episodes ago with xander of that hopefulness of attachment types that you know sense that because for me like i can i i can start off i think when i first started off interacting with people on these facebook groups i i was a little a lot more naive about people's intentions and capabilities than i am now and you know the more experiences that i have the more closed off that can become but it seems like no matter what uh attachment types can still maintain that level of hope in the goodness of you know people in general like you know regardless of what happened before like that the potential of meeting or making a good connection is still there yeah is there anything else we want to hit any questions you all want to embarrassing questions you want to ask beth while we've got her here how big yeah. is it <laughs> i don't she, speak english <laughs> i wonder why you changed my name to <laughs> I, I wonder why you did that i am so red <laughs> yeah let's we, see. we are now at the part of the podcast where we're embarrassed beth as much this, as possible let's go this is the this is the public mating dance right here <laughs> yeah, what's, what's funny what's what's funny is like i have a friend who's a sexual social seven and like i could feel i can feel the sexual energy from him and i can whatever um but this giving me a lot of texture for i mean and also i have a uh, sexual social nine with a wing friend for both of them there's there's always this like I could feel the sexual aspect, but I'm like, what are you guys doing? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. Because right. I'm like, um, yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's the social in sexual is even repellent to me, you know, like in an instinctual mm. level. Mm. And um, yeah, the way, like, and, and these two guys, they'll, they do things that, like, from a certain perspective, kind of look almost self prez. One guy is like, he's like a, a restaurant dude, like, he's, He's a wine importer and he's really good with food and stuff like this, but it's all to hook. It's all the hook and like be appealing uh-huh. and draw you in. Like he puts a wide net and pulls you in. Um, my other friend, uh, you know, he has a lot of different talents and stuff like this, but he like, he like had, we went through this whole transformation where he ended up living in the woods with his, and with his girlfriend. And, um, but he needs to constantly put it on social media, like every facet of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I couldn't quite, I was like, I know he's not like I know he's self-pressed blind like he like he this is this has all been like major learning curve stuff that he's had to do to you know get any self-pressed because I knew him before he did all this but there this something is making sense in terms of this like my personality and who I am is like a fascinating um like diamonds that I can keep shining the different sides of like mm-hmm. And and same both of these friends have that quality. And so I'm wondering, Beth, like uh, you know, one of the things I experience in as uh in maybe my social blindness is I'm like, oh, Alexander's gonna get sick of my fucking personality. Like, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't have a lot of faith in my personality as a hook or something to keep interest. And so I would draw or I I'm like, here's the cool things I can do or ways I can be entertaining or interesting or sexy. But like, I don't have a lot of faith in like John, mm. and so I'm wondering both if there's like a sense of like Beth being the thing, like the personality of Beth being the thing that hooks, and also 
if there is like a faith that like it's just going to keep unfolding and it's going to keep being interesting Hmm, that's that's a good question. I don't feel like I have um, fears around my personality or that. I think mine is self-pres stuff. Mm. We talked about that earlier. Um, yeah, like I would say that the thing that I've noticed in my experiences with sexual social and, and definitely my experience with Beth is that that humanizing quality, she humanized me, like the character of Emika in a way that I've never experienced before. And just to the experience of seeing myself in the, 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 what birthed the soul intercourse uh, series that we did is, you know, Beth mirrored to me, like, this is the impact that you're having on me. This is what, this is who you are. And, and what I, what, like my personality as a, as a character. And I'm remembering um, the experience I had with uh, another sexual social type who was like, it's almost like she was contextualizing me, like, in, a, in an attractive character, like what my personality mm. represented and why that was attractive to her. So she was like saying like, oh, you're like, I've never met anyone like you before. You're like a, um, like a, a Basquiat type of character. And, you know, she was like contextualizing mm -hmm. me in an attractive, an attractive way, like putting me in a, in a slotting me into like a social category, like that was attractive to her. And mm -hmm. that's not something that, you know, I have much, uh, language or you know even like a radar for it's more mm -hmm. like either i'm into this person and they have something but i'm i you know it's like seeing the social realm or what your genre or what you might represent as a sexual hooking magnetism tool so i mean that's something i've noticed in my experience with beth and other sexual social types. that word you said john by the way diamond they're really that's another one of the symbols that comes up specifically around sexual social mm. and it's uh it's in the aesthetics and it's um you know a lot of this stuff is hard to talk about because it's kind of like tone you know yeah it's, and that's kind of what you're saying i think in your overall commentary of sort of trying to find it yeah um but there's a quality with diamonds where it's like i don't know with sexual social the image i have is a diamond and a, a, a red laser hitting it, and then it shoots out in all directions, mm. multiple directions, but it's still a pinpoint laser mm -hmm. that in, in all of those directions, right? It's not just mm -hmm. um, making a, a big glowing light. It's, it's refracting and hitting specific targets in the room, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a you had star earlier or a faraway yeah. fire, and like a diamond is just a star in the earth. That's it, and it's got a special quality of like a mm -hmm. value, right? Uh, we um, intuitively place a value to that kind of resplendent gem-like quality, and there's different degrees of perfection to it, and mm -hmm. so forth, and grades. Yeah, I'd like to have Beth on with a social sexual. And because uh, I mm -hmm. do feel like not only because I want more contrast, but also because I feel like <laughs> we might have sound like we're shitting on the social sexuals. Uh, so I want to kind of understand. Bit. Say what? I said just a bit. Just a bit. So, I mean, I have an instinctual reaction to that stacking. So, mm -hmm. like, I know that it's coming through that filter. So, like, I'd like to get more shit. There. That's interesting, too, just that whole subject, because just as you said, we actually really have 
truly instinctual reactions to the different stackings, mm-hmm. 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 like just tr- actual repulsion and, or, or just, or some, or iterations of that or attraction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've always gotten along with social self-pres types. Like most of my like closest friends, you know, usually have been that type or sexual self-pres. And so, yeah, social sexual, like I, I still have close friends of that stacking, but still it's like, there is something there. To, to unpack for my own instinctual priority. One thing that I wanted to make sure we get in here is I wanted to tie in this um, attachment to disconnect stuff that we've been mm-hmm. talking about where uh, sexual types who are attachment types, um, I think people might look at you and I, John, and you know, we've sexual self-pres with hexad or triple hexad. Um, we might seem unrealistic versus the average person, but most sexual types that have come to this group are attachment types and most of them are just you know living regular normal lives and going to work every day and have kids have families and there might not be anything overt about them that would stand out to say oh that person is a a a weirdo sexual type or anything like that and just the needs of an attachment type interfacing with being a sexual type that need to you know, you're to be magnetic, but also not close off the the likability and the sort of universal connectivity that attachment types are looking for, even that or that ability to blend in. Yeah. And also, I want to say, I mean, I appreciate you guys having me on. I feel like I have um, a lot of insights to offer. It's just going to take me a minute to get comfortable doing yeah, that. No problem. We, we love having you on. And like, yeah, I mean, totally. It's like it took us a while to get used to talking on here. But yeah, yeah, that's that's. I think that's all she's got. Cool. <laughs> you got no, okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm eating ramen, so yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Nancy, can we be over now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we, we can be. You. Thank you. All right. Um, also, we are going to do a future episode where we take questions uh, from y'all. A love line episode of uh, people who have questions or comments about my book. We would love to hear your input. Uh, you can email us, you can DM us, but we'd really prefer, or voice voice note or whatever, uh, but we'd really prefer if you called in, if you can, something so we can hear your voice and we can put your voice on the podcast. So the love line number is 323-696-0647. And uh, John's giving away a 50-page oh, yeah. write-up of uh, the approaches that wasn't included in the book for whoever sends us the best or our favorite comment will get um that 50 page thing that he wrote up and also i mean i I guess doing since doing this love line we haven't really gotten the sort of response that we would like or expected and i'm thinking it's just like the the pressure i think nancy talked about this the pressure of calling a number and having to say something uh is nerve-wracking for a lot of people so Something that people could do to make this easier, write out the question that you would like to send in as if you were going to email it, and then just get on uh, Facebook Messenger, which is like a one-minute cap, and just read it, and then DM it to one of us. Like That's mm-hmm. the easiest thing you could do, and, and you can get your voice on the show without really feeling pressured. You can email it to bhepodcast.gmail.com or just send it to one of us. Cool. And Beth needs to introduce herself. Who are you? Hi, I'm Beth. I'm a so sexual. Ugh, let me start over. <laughs> I can't even do this. 
Hi, I'm Beth. I'm a sexual social six wing seven with two and nine fixes. Good. Yeah, yeah. who are you? Are you I, How do you know anybody? Like, <laughs> who, who the fuck are you? What, what gives what, you what gives you the right? Yeah, why are you here talking? <laughs> why should people be interested? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you're a diamond in the sky. He's a diamond yeah. in and the sky. on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Emika always wanted a mute girlfriend, so be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because Emika doesn't like it when women talk. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man, tying it right back in. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> talk to y'all later. All right. Okay, bye. Later, bye. 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 bye.